this is Craig Brown, and welcome to Passages. Passages is a space to explore Bible passages used for preaching, reflection, and prayer. My hope is that Passages will shine a unique light on text used for preaching at the First Free Methodist Church of Seattle, or anyone looking to dive deeper into the Bible. Today's passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 to 15. This passage is the basis of the sermon at First Free Methodist Church on Sunday, November 13, 2022. This is the final week in our series called The Abundance Dilemma, as we explore the themes of generosity and stewardship and also of gratitude. As we turn to this well-known passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, a passage that's focused on giving and stewardship and money, uh, we are going to learn some new insights, I hope, from the cycle that the Apostle Paul is trying to describe about uh, the cycle of gratitude and generosity and how they work together. Paul, in this passage of Scripture, uh, begins by using an agrarian metaphor to help his readers understand what he's communicating to them. So in verse 10, we read these words. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything and all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. This agrarian metaphor is a rich one. We'll talk about it in detail in just a moment. But this section of Paul's letter um, is intended to address the Corinthians as Paul prepares to visit them. Uh, Most scholars think that when Paul wrote this particular letter, he was north of the Corinthians in the farther northern parts of Greece called Macedonia. And Paul, during this particular trip through Greece, was taking up a financial collection for the Christians in and near the city of Jerusalem, or the Judean Christians. Uh, These Christians were living underground, they were impoverished, they lacked resources. Paul knew this from his experience with them. And so he decided to visit his Gentile churches in Greece in order to receive a financial offering from them that he could take with him back to Jerusalem when he returned there. And so he's in Macedonia in the north, and he's writing to the Corinthians telling them how generous the Macedonians have already been in their offering for the Judean Christians. And in this section of the letter, Paul's telling the Corinthians that he doesn't want them to be embarrassed or outdone in their giving, especially since Paul already bragged about them to the Macedonians and talked about how generous they were. So in kind of a glib sort of way, Paul is letting the Corinthians know, hey, I've talked you up to the Macedonians about how generous you are, and they heard about that, so they gave quite an offering to support the Judean Christians. So when I get to you to receive this offering, uh, how about we make it so that I don't look bad, that I didn't talk you up in vain? And so Paul kind of concludes that conversation of talking to the Corinthians about their offering with this agrarian metaphor. He says, now he, that's God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Now notice that the the sower, that's when the seeds are sown at the very beginning of the process and the bread is the end of the process, that God holds the beginning and the end of all of this, the seed for sowing and the bread for food that results. It says that God also will supply and multiply that seed, that there is an increase at the beginning of it the supply and the multiplication of it, but God also increases the reaping. 
that it says at the end of verse 10 that God will increase the harvest of your righteousness. Again, the beginning and the end. So that God supplies sower to the seed, bread for food. He supplies and multiplies the seed at the beginning. He supplies and multiplies the harvest of righteousness at the end of the harvest that we might be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Enriched in everything. There's a return on the giving that God is the supreme giver the beginning and the end of giving and that God's giving brings the return of a blessing both in material and non-material ways. There's a way in which the seed that starts out very small brings a great harvest at the end. This cycle produces thanksgiving to God for the giver and the recipient. We'll talk more about that in a little bit, but I simply want you to see here that what Paul's outlining is that God holds this whole cycle from beginning to end that generosity and gratitude and gratitude and generosity are part of a cycle that God has already established and works in and works through. And that's a key passageway for us here, that God's cycle of generosity is unending. Paul makes it clear that God multiplies and increases the sowing, that's the resource, and the harvest, that's the fruit. So it's been said that we cannot outgive God. And these two verses are a perfect example from the Bible of, of that very truth. We cannot outgive God. The degree to which we apply this truth affects its fruit. Now, this isn't to say that if you give $10 away that God automatically turns it into $20. But it does offer a tried and true principle that embracing a life of generosity like God has done is a no-lose scenario. We are enriched at the front end of it and at the back end of it. Paul now speaks in a little bit more detail about this through the next few verses that outline a, a movement, if you will, of how this cycle of gratitude and generosity work together. If we look at verse 12 in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we read these uh, important words for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Paul's offering is for the Judean Christians, and he describes how they'll be blessed in two ways. Now, note that Paul is applying the truth he just spoke about in verses 10 and 11, now in verse 12. So what he talked about in an agrarian metaphor is now becoming real to life. He says, first of all, that the gift that he's receiving from the Corinthians in verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints. So he's talking about the gift itself. That much is obvious. But then he goes on to say something really interesting. Is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. The basic and essential understanding of giving as a blessing to others is simple enough. It says in verse 12 that the ministry of this service, that's a Greek word, liturgia, and it has not this sense to it of this work for the benefit of others, or it's a work that is done not for the benefit of self. But Paul speaks of thanksgivings to God in verse 
11 that we read a moment ago and in verse 12. So this generosity, the ministry of this service, this letorgia prompts acts of thanksgiving and worship directed to God. So the first reaction or response from the Judean Christians isn't going to be to thank the Corinthians or the Macedonians or whoever gave the money. It is to give thanks to God. Generosity for the Christian is grounded in the reality of moving other people toward acts of thanksgiving, not to themselves, but to God. What else would move people to give of themselves as sacrificially as they do? You see, when we practice these acts of generosity, we're shifting things, shifting things in the lives of others. And that's a key passageway for us, that generosity is a key marker of Christian practice. When we live in God's cycle of generosity, it causes a never-ending flow of giving and blessing. And Paul wants us to know that the giving we do benefits others, benefits ourselves, and it's for the glory of God. There's a synergy or there's a cycle that's at work here that moves powerfully. When we compare it to the other cycles we live in, like greed and hoarding, the end game of those things is ourselves. There's only one person in that cycle, us. Generosity, though, is a key marker of dependence on God, not dependence on self, and the belief deeply held that we cannot beat God at the game of giving. This is God's very essence and nature. And if we choose to step into that way of living in a cycle of gratitude and generosity, we will see eternities changed. There is a second movement here in verses 13 and 14. The writer goes on to say, Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. Paul's convinced that this cycle of generosity has, well, has benefits well beyond the giver and the recipient. He says in this text that they will glorify God in verse 13. The Judean Christians will direct their praise to God. So the gift that the Corinthians and the Macedonians are giving is going to be a catalyst. It's going to cause their praise to God. And what, what they're giving praise to God for is their confession of faith. In other words, that, that these Greek Christians who don't even know the Judean Christians have heard the gospel that originated with the Judean Christians. So it's like a it's like the whole process is coming full circle. The gospel that began with Judean Christians that was then exported around the ancient world through the ministry of the apostle Paul and others is now coming back to Judea in the form of this gift that's coming. And the liberality of this gift that Paul talks about is significant. It, it's, a, it's a large sum that Paul has brought as a witness to the affection and faithfulness of the Greek-speaking Christians around the ancient world. Paul goes on to talk about how they will also give glory to God. They will glorify God for your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ. 
It's an amazing statement that Paul is making that the gift that they give is going to cause thanksgiving on the part of the Judean Christians. And so the Corinthians will also receive something because the Judean Christians are going to give thanks to God. They're going to be praying for the Corinthians in their thanksgiving. And so the Corinthians will receive something back. The Judean Christians are not going to give the Corinthians a return on their investment in money but they are going to give them a return on their investment by praying for their Greek brothers and sisters all the way across the Mediterranean Sea from them. You see, there's been a tension in Judea among the leading Christians, and you can read about it in Acts 21, about the nature of the Gentiles as a part of the church. Paul knows this, that there's a a tension between the Jewish and Gentile factions within the church, Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, that they're not in theological agreement with one another. Paul knows that this gift will endear them to each other. He's building bridges by collecting this offering and bringing it to the Judeans so that they are praying and supporting each other. Paul is the relationship that will connect the two together. That's a key passageway for us here, that sacrificial action brings hopeful reconciliation. See, the enmity or the division between the Jews and the Greeks and the church was palpable. And Paul brings the two together in this gift. The Gentiles taking up an offering for the Jews changes the balance and energy in the conflict. So when divided, acts of generosity can help build new bridges of relationships which lead to healing. Generosity is a powerful act It's a sacrificial act, but it creates relationships, connection, forgiveness, and even reconciliation. Then there's one final movement, which is actually the first of all the movements in verse 15. Just an exclamation from the apostle. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The word here used for indescribable is used only here in the entire New Testament. It's not used anywhere else. It literally means beyond words. Thanks be to God for his beyond words gift. Literally, Paul is speechless. He's alluding to the reality of something very important, that God's gift in Jesus is a gift beyond words, so that this gift of Jesus bridges gaps. It changes hearts in surprising ways. In the same way, he's trying to explain to the Corinthians that their gift is going to build a bridge of relationship and reconciliation with the Judean Christians. He points to Jesus as the pioneer of that movement, that God's gift in Jesus has prompted thanksgiving and joy and praise on the part of not only the Corinthians, but the Macedonians on all those who call upon the name of Jesus. So while generous giving between people is good, the dimension that God offers changes everything. The sacrificial gift of Jesus brings life and hope to all. And it's our encouragement here, a key passageway for us. And that is this, is that we are never more like God than when we give. 
Paul makes it clear that generosity is God's great gift manifest in Jesus. Jesus is God's gift to us. And that we received that gift while we were undeserving, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when we step out of the cycle of greed and accumulation, we become just a little bit more like God. This is a powerful truth to learn. Giving is an act of love because it's a sacrificial act. In it, we become more like Christ. We're moved forward in our sanctification by our willingness to stop the dead end living of accumulation and instead start living in a cycle of multiplication by generosity that brings gratitude, that brings more generosity, that brings more gratitude, that brings even more generosity. What a powerful cycle. No wonder Paul described it as an indescribable gift beyond words. If you have comments or reflections, I invite you to visit my website, revcraig.com. Click on news on the upper right-hand corner, and then the drop-down menu will say podcasts. Click on this particular episode and leave a comment. I also welcome you to visit our website for our church, ffmc.org, firstfreemethodistchurch.org, to learn more about free Methodism and how you can connect with our community. For now, I bid you all abundant grace. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.